If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. What is happening in Afghanistan right now to women is shameful and alarming. I cannot tolerate a regime that looks at me as a commodity, as an inferior human being, just because of the original sin that I was born a woman, and a woman in Afghanistan. It was not my choice. That was Roya Rahmani, who until recently served as the first woman ever to be ambassador from Afghanistan to the United States. Today, of course, Afghanistan is ruled by the Taliban, and Roya Rahmani lives in the United States. But even 7,000 miles from her homeland, she remains a fierce voice for the rights of Afghan women. I'm Milan Verveer, and this is Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. We are bringing you 100 of the world's most inspiring and history-making women you need to hear. Roya Rahmani is only 43, but she's seen several cycles of change and upheaval. She's lived through the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan in the 1980s, the rule of the Taliban in the 90s, the defeat of the Taliban, and now their return. Today, she serves as a distinguished fellow at the Georgetown Institute for Women, Peace, and Security, as well as a senior fellow for international security at the New America Foundation. She's received numerous honors, including a place on the Time 100 list. Listen and learn why Roya Rahmani is one of Seneca's 100 women to hear. We are thrilled to have with us today Ambassador Roya Rahmani, who served as the first female ambassador of Afghanistan to the United States. And this is a particularly important conversation, which we are happy to be able to have because of what is happening in Afghanistan today. So welcome, Ambassador Rahmani. Thank you for having me, Ambassador Rivera. 
You have had a very distinguished diplomatic career. As I mentioned, the first woman to serve as Afghanistan's ambassador to the United States. Before that, you were ambassador to Indonesia. You've worked in the Afghan Ministry of Foreign Affairs. You're a fierce champion for Afghan women. And now living in the United States, what do you want to be best known for? If you were only known for one thing? That would be change maker. And why do you say that? Well, I say that because as a woman, as a woman especially born in Afghanistan, I have firsthand experience that it is time for change to happen. According to the World Economic Forum Gender Gap Report, it will take more than 150 years to close the gender gap globally. Why is that tolerable? Why we are, this is time to change. The world is changing. The world order is changing. The nature is changing. How are we putting up with this? And when I'm talking about change maker, I don't only mean that we need to bring change in terms of gender parity. We need to bring change in terms of how the institutions are established, how they run. To change is to uh, improve. To change often is to head for perfection. And that's what, why I would like to be remembered. Or if I could uh, um, have an impact, that would be uh, that of a change maker. I would like to bring change wherever I go, positive change, whether it's in mindsets, in institutions, attitudes, and delivery, whatever it takes. Yeah, that's such a powerful, powerful reality. And you have indeed uh, already been a change maker in all of the ways that you've distinguished yourself. Now, you mentioned progress for women and girls. and. We know the situation in Afghanistan is very difficult right now, particularly for women. And instead of change for the better, we're seeing the clock go back. So how would you describe what is happening in Afghanistan right now under Taliban rule? And maybe a personal note, do you think you'll ever go back? What is happening in Afghanistan right now to women is shameful and alarming. It is shameful for the global reality that we are experiencing. It's shameful for the entire international community, Afghanistan included, to accept that in the, today's day and time, we can live up, uh, live with, and uh, put up with regime changes that would come and decide that women are only good for bearing children. It is alarming for all of us because it is going to be a cradle for extremism, for hopelessness, for darkness that will lead to more hate, to more discrimination, and to terrorism. It will haunt all of us, regardless of where we are. This is a serious national security issue. This is a macroeconomic issue. This is a, 
social welfare issue. And I don't know how we can put up with this situation. Whether I can go back to Afghanistan, if I could go and be useful, I would not blink about it. But I know I cannot. I cannot tolerate a regime that looks at me as a commodity, as an inferior human being, just because of the original sin that I was born a woman and a woman in Afghanistan. It was not my choice. And today we're already seeing the Taliban force women to stay in their homes, not be able to engage with their society or work, girls being kept out of school. And they hold a very, very radical extremist view of Islam, essentially that women's rights is the world would characterize women's rights and Islam are not compatible. I know you've done a lot of work uh, in this area. And why would you say it's so important to challenge the Taliban on this? And what's the best way to do that? Uh, well, the use of religion, any religion, including Islam, to reject justice in a society is to instrumentalize uh, religion and basically take advantage of people's belief for. Uh, assuming power or more power. Uh, so it, it ha unfortunately has been always uh, an instrument in Afghanistan. Uh, the uh, very specific uh, um, example of this is that every time that there is a new government or a regime that comes to power in Afghanistan, the first thing they do is that they introduce their views on women. It is in a way paradoxical because in one way, they try to uh, always uh, shape their policies and action as if women are a minority or, or relegated as a minority and that are powerless and uh, they are less important and they are a checkbox. On the other hand, as if they deep down re recognize and realize the importance of the role of women, that they come out. And they announce their position, and they always obviously justify it somehow on the shoulder of the religion. So what I would say to people or whoever uh, who justifies uh, unjust treatment of women on the basis of Islam, I would say, whose Islam are you talking about? Whose interpretation? Whose uh, on, on what basis are you saying? And I am happy to debate it to the details that they want to go into it. Uh, I, it, is, it is nothing out of ordinary. I am basically simply not accepting to be expected to take anything they say on the name of the very God that I know as a just God. Very well said. And, and we know that the Taliban would like us to believe that they support women, as they have claimed often, but then their actions are to the contrary because they couch their so-called support in their version of Islam. So as you said and asked, whose version? And their version is clearly out of step. But let's go back for a minute, back in time, because I'm sure our audience would like to know about you. 
Was there a moment in your childhood, a, a turning point that made you who you are? Did your family's background shape you as a person? Tell us a little bit about your growing up. Well, I don't remember any particular moment, but what I recall it was uh, very vividly, in fact, was when I was five, uh, when I made a decision. It was a decision, a determination, and that was about what I wanted to be. It was not a professional uh, uh, position or a career. Uh, I wanted to be independent, financially independent, in fact. And that basically became uh, my torch in my path. Um, the uh, person who was instrumental in this, uh, of course, both my parents, but particularly my mother was instrumental uh, in uh, a way that she showed me that I uh, needed to believe in myself. And then the other thing uh, about her was she never implanted in me uh, the seeds that I needed to grow up and be a housewife, something that was totally common, something that was her reality, something that she didn't know anything otherwise. but. She, this this is something that we still tease to her, tease her about, and say that you never taught us how to uh, be coats and coats uh, women at the in the house, um, and uh, that that had a, a, a great impact. The other thing, of course, was the fact that uh, when I was um, very little, uh, as a little girl, my uh, father always encouraged me to uh, participate uh, and uh, share my opinion, something, again, uh, that was not uh, commonly practiced at the, in Afghanistan at that time. That's so interesting that at the age of five, uh, you knew you wanted to be financially independent and have a strong independent streak, obviously, to this day. You know, Ambassador Rahmani, you have lived through the most tumultuous times in Afghanistan. Uh, you were a child during the Russian invasion, and then your family fled to Pakistan where you were a refugee. What was that experience like for you, and how does it influence you today? Uh, well, the mode, as you describe, has always uh, been throughout my life that of survival that of uncertainty. And uh, there was something that I read uh, so many years later, um, something that, that uh, sounds like a cliche, that uh, work like you live uh, forever, and live as you die today. And I thought that I uh, naturally had adapted that, particularly the first part. Live as you uh, work as you live forever because uh, uh, it we we were continuously in a mode that uh, if a change occurs you need to adapt and you need to think very fast and very uh, clear and go on move on. Um, one of the specific impact of this life uh, uh, living in war. Then uh, living as a refugee, um, when I was a teenager, my biggest yearning was to go to school. And then I ended up in a radical madrasa where the, 
they radicalize people basically. Uh, and this is where I finished my high school. All of that uh, taught me one thing. Uh, well, throughout, in fact, uh, also the time that, that because of the fighting, I could not go uh, to school uh, when I was living in Afghanistan. Uh, I'm moving forward, be, uh, leaving uh, everything and everyone that I knew and becoming a student in Canada, that you need to focus on what you have. And you have to make the best out of what you have. That is the focus. And that is the best you can do. So that has become sort of my guiding principle. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear will be back after this short break. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual-wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So when you were a, a refugee in Pakistan going through the madrasa-like educational system, you were able to leave finally in 1998 uh, when the Taliban were first overthrown. What enabled you to come back? How did you feel going back to your home country? Uh, how did you manage to live with change again? I understand that you refused to wear a burqa. What took me there in 1998 was the death of a dear family member, my grandmother. And it was one of my most devastating experiences because uh, when I left back Afghanistan, that was the time that I prayed that God should never take me back to that country and land so long as it is the way it is. Um, yes, uh, I refused to wear a burqa uh, when I was there. And it was a risk that I took. And uh, not only for me, but also for my family. Uh, I refused because uh, I had tried 
putting on the burqa on me to see what does it feel like. When you put the burqa on yourself, it is so, it makes one inferior. Be, to look out to the world, to your surrounding, from the screen that burqa provides over your eyes, it just makes you feel so much smaller, so much weaker, so powerless. It was enough that the environment was like that. It was pouring all around us. It was the environment of fear and disappointment and darkness. It was in the air. But then to, on top of that, to wear that, that, that was where I draw the line. As a result, I could not come out of the house. I only made it two or three times out of the house, and it was mainly to just go to the, to the graveyard to visit my grandmother's grave. And that was about it. And still, as I said, it was pretty risky. I still took the same risk as I was crossing the border again, coming out of Afghanistan uh, towards Pakistan. On the unpaved roads, uh, I was not wearing a burqa. And then I had other experiences that even made it worse. But uh, that was the reason that I did not wear. And uh, uh, it was a choice that I made at that time. So you had the experience of living uh, under that terrible Taliban rule, and then things began to change. Uh, they were toppled initially in 2001. How did things change for Afghan women? And then it went on to be a time of change for 20 years. The experience initially was exuberating. Women were filled with joy, with fear uh, of being free, with fear of being even joyful. Uh, they were nervous uh, whether they could really shed their burqas and be safe. And uh, But the women traversed a very steep curve. They uh, worked extremely hard uh, despite a lot of obstacles, despite the fact that the society was not changing as fast as they were, and uh, the environment was not uh, conducive to their aspirations and their ability. There wasn't uh, uh, enough supportive system, uh, including infrastructure, physical infrastructure, and uh, um, I would uh, say in the, um, uh, the, the, the space that they were functioning um, in a way to uh, support them and uh, help them. Uh, let, me, let me put things into perspective by giving the, an example. Uh, we are talking about two generations, like a mother who, um, from the end of the Soviet regime to throughout the, the decade, suffers throughout and uh, learns as, as uh, she uh, experiences uh, adolescence and is married off early and, and has uh, her daughter and all that, uh, when her body is not being tolerated uh, in, the, in the public sphere, she cannot go out to buy breath without the company of a man and a permission of a man. Her teenage daughter can ride a bike now. Uh, her teenage daughter can climb mountains 
and travel uh, to other parts of the world on her own and uh, to participate in conferences. This is how different uh, the, uh, it, it was from, from one um, generation to another. And it was a moment of hope. It was uh, the opportunity that women got. And they, they really made the best out of it. They were the people that worked the hardest and they really uh, made uh, significant progresses. Mm-hmm. And so now we've had the Taliban return and Afghanistan is a very young country. I think the something like 60% uh, of the country is under the age of 25. Many never experienced the Taliban before, have had great expectations and aspirations for themselves. And what happens now? What is going to happen now for women in Afghanistan? And, and what has to happen if the conditions are going to improve? Well, what happens to women is what is going to happen to Afghanistan. Uh, I keep saying this, and I cannot repeat this enough. If you want to determine the future of Afghanistan, you can look at what is going to happen to its women. They are the future. Uh, And what should happen is all the international community, all the people involved, they should not drop the ball on women because uh, this would determine not only Afghanistan's, but regional safety, security, and well-being. ensure that women will continue to be at the center of all engagements, whether it is policies, whether it's programs, whether it's initiatives, women must be at the center of it. It is not an act of charity. It is an act of being responsible and uh, mindful, uh, being strategic. That is what should happen. the in terms of practical aspects, the very eminent thing to happen is to ensure that women would continue to preserve their connectivity with the rest of the world, because the minute that is cut down, uh, I think uh, that would also means the end of the lifeline for Afghans um, and a uh, future of uh, a hopeful future for Afghanistan. So we must not allow the Taliban to make Afghans women invisible. We've got to keep them in the world's eye, so to speak. Absolutely. Absolutely. Visibility is the first thing. Out of sight, out of mind, but not Mm -hmm. out of the world. Exactly. So unfortunately, we have time left, but for one more question. So let me ask you. Given everything you've been through, given what now happened in Afghanistan, what gives you hope right now? What gives me hope is our drive, the Afghan women's drive, the youth's drive, the human capital that Afghans and international community together invest and built in, the the sacrifices that we have made. and. Also, the fact that it is not a good thing, but the reality is we have experience with this. We have learned how to fall and get up again and again. 
let me put that into perspective. I am in my 40s and I have seen five regime changes in my mm. lifetime, in my country, not government, regime changes. So with that, I think I will join the rest and say, for Afghanistan, I am hopeful to say that uh, we too want to build back better. Uh, that's a wonderful note to end on. Diplomat, leader extraordinaire, women's rights champion, change maker. Ambassador Roya Rahmani, it has been a great pleasure to be with you today. And let's hope, all of us, that Afghanistan will one day build back better. Thank you. It's my honor to speak with you, Ambassador Vivian. What an inspiration to talk to Roya Rahmani. She tells us that even in the most difficult of circumstances, there is hope. Here are three things I took from that conversation. First, let's heed her advice for living. Focus on what you have and make the best of it. Even as a girl when she was a refugee in Pakistan, Roya found a way to focus her energies and turn her situation into a positive experience. Second, independence is essential for women. From a young age, Roya knew she wanted to be independent financially and in every other way. And she learned the value of speaking up, making her opinions heard, even in a society that did not encourage women to express themselves. Finally, Roya gives us insight into Afghanistan's future. What happens to women is what is going to happen to Afghanistan, she says. It is in the world's interest to ensure that women have rights and freedom. That is how Afghanistan can move forward. Tune in next week to hear about our next featured woman and discover why she is one of Seneca's 100 Women to Hear. Seneca's 100 Women to Hear is a collaboration between the Seneca Women Podcast Network and iHeartRadio with support from founding partner P&G. Have a great day. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. 
Get tickets now.